Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm here today with uh, Jason Robertson, who's in Seattle. Hi, oh, Jason. hey. Yeah. Hey, John. How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, going to be trying uh, in this episode to stay at just the right distance from my microphone so I don't sound like I'm yelling through the window at everybody. Uh, thanks uh, for being here. And nine in the morning, your time, five in the afternoon, my time. This is a great time to talk. Perfect. Um, so today we're going to talk about an article that Jason wrote in June 2011 for the Journal of Chinese Medicine. And the article is basically about um, uh, a point pair combination that Dr. Ron often used was lung five paired with kidney seven. Uh, but the, I guess the, the article itself is mainly focusing also on like uh, this concept of using point combinations, right? Point pairs. So the, the title of our, the article is Point Pair Synergy, an example of theory and practice in the treatment of immune disorders. So this uh, article, if you want to read it, uh, is a great article. Um, it's, it can be found on our website, channelpalpation.org, and it can also be found on the Journal of Chinese Medicine website. So Jason, I just want to know, like, um, why did you write this article? How did it all start? Um, well, I mean, it was, it's like a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, I mean, I would say the article, um, like so many things, first of all, you're just using the point pair in the clinic. And then as you use it in the clinic, you kind of begin to understand the personality of a point pair almost. And you, you start to like, it starts to remind you of other patients through the, you know, the patterns you see, or you start to palpate something on a patient. It reminds you of other patients. So it started just to, you know, like all these point pairs we discuss on this podcast, you kind of get to know them over time, the more you use them. And so this is one of those that I was getting to know. And then in the process of getting to know it, I somewhere along the way stumble upon this, this old debate in East Asian medicine that I think goes way back. So certainly into like the first centuries of East Asian medicine is about defensive chi, wei chi, and whether it comes from the upper burner or lower burner. And, and then it was kind of like nerding out on that that ended up informing me more about this point pair. I'll say it that way. Okay, great. Um, can you just first touch upon like concepts of point pair? Like what are point pairs? Why do we why do we use them? Yeah. And so and also in the introduction of that article, I was talking about, you know, Dr. Wong's kind of whole approach often to like looking for new ideas in difficult cases was to you like hit the wall with a tough case and then often like wake up in the middle of the night and like go look through classical texts, looks for ideas about, you know, different ways to different, you know, things to try. And one of the things that he always told us was one of his favorite like places to mine for ideas, dig for ideas was in the, you know, the, the odes, those rhyming poems that you see throughout the history of acupuncture and those poems, those odes, um, the fool, they were often like, were listing points in pairs. And so there's this, this idea from the earliest stage of acupuncture, which of course was more codified in the Ming dynasty where the Junjo Dacheng, the great compendium kind of brought together a lot of these famous point odes that when you think of a particular condition, then instead of saying, oh, there's a certain point you're gonna use for that, it was often this point pair treats not only a condition, but also a pattern of signs and symptoms. And so that's that, that idea of the Jung, the patterns, linking them not to single points, but to kind of pairs that have found to what I say, kind of sing well together or work well together or synergize each other or balance each other. Probably all these different words would work for point pairs. I remember Dr. Ron used to say that when he, he really loved those uh, memorizing those like odes, I guess um, the point 
uh, which mentioned all the different point pairs. And he used to ride his bicycle to work, right? I think at the time in China, people mainly only had bicycles at most, maybe took, maybe would take buses too. But he would, while he's riding his bicycle to work, he would have a little notebook where he'd memorize the poems or the odes while he was riding his bicycle. So even like when he, he would, um, so every morning he would do that and just riding his bike and memorizing them. And then I remember he said that, like, even in his old, like when we were studying with him, he could just recite them like by heart, like really quickly, right? He'd be like, oh, this point, blah, 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 blah. It and they rhymed, right? They had this kind of yeah, rhythm yeah, 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 and yeah. rhyme and the yeah. sound, like songs yeah. almost, I guess, which of course mm-hmm. is the whole point. It made him easier to memorize, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So um, um, just yeah. going back to this point pair combination. So you were, wanted to talk about point pairs, but why did you want to focus on this particular point pair, lung five with kidney seven? Well, um, you know, another angle on this lung five kidney seven pair is, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to to think about why these points are combined with each other. And uh, even in some earlier studies I'd done with, you know, within the Japanese acupuncture tradition, this point pair is also used a lot from a very much a five element point of view in the sense that lung five, of course, is the water point on a metal channel. And then kidney seven is the metal point on a water channel. So it was thought of as having this kind of, you know, metal giving birth to water kind of idea. Yeah, metal giving birth to water, kind of facilitating that interaction. And then, you know, from the name of the point, Fulio, so return of the flow, this point was described in particular, I think, in some of my Japanese teachers were like thinking of it and, you know, related to edema and water metabolism things. So that's, that's, that's one thing that kind of began my interest in this pair. And then secondly, I guess, like so many things, like having a case where you get great results makes you kind of get even more interested in the pair. So then you start to really get into it for a while. Was there a particular case that got, or cases that got you more interested in this combination? I mean, in per- you I recall? Mean, the, yes. That's probably a long time case, ago. But. Yeah, yeah. The case that really got me interested, that got me going uh, on this pair that led up to this article was at that time, I was working with this patient uh, and her chief complaint were the variety of signs and symptoms that can come up from chronic lupus. And um, in working with, I mean, so her signs and symptoms were often joint pain and swelling. So the kind of autoimmune effect, you know, lupus goes all over the place and attacks different organ systems, but often she would have swelling in the joints and then swelling in like the elbows and knees and then painful red like toes and fingers. And so I guess th- those were her chief complaints were these types of pain related to lupus. And the really interesting thing, and you know this too, and we talk about it when we teach, is as you're palpating her kidney channel, she had one of those like right, like the most clear kind of changes, the square, what I call like a square pillow of water in that second swim up. How, I don't know, how yeah, do you describe yeah. that palpated finding? Yeah, I guess for me, it often feels like a big lump in that area, like a big enlargement in that area. Is that what, like, was it really big, like big yeah. change? Was and it? It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. If the second tune up on the kidney channel, if we go, you know, two tune above kidney three yeah. and you go up the first tune, and then as you go up to the second tune, and you, you know, you and I have talked to, or Dr. Wong was showing how you can palpate the kidney channel, feeling the tune in it. That second tune becomes like a perfectly swollen, almost square looking area mm-hmm. or a lump. Like you said, yeah, it can feel like a lump, a little soft, like there's water in it. Yeah. Yeah. So and then she, on her lung channel also had changes or her lung channel was had a series of soft nodules kind of below lung five, kind of like cottage cheese in the channel. So that kind of damp feeling we often feel. Yeah, lung, yeah. Which could, of course, be associated with a tie you know, spleen lung damp pattern as well. Mm-hmm. 
but in her case, you know, you're think. I mean, if you just looked at her, she had the red cheeks that lupus patients often have. Mm -hmm. So you, you might be tempted to think of this as like a kidney yin deficient fire, I guess, or of course a liver fire potentially. Um, her tongue was more swollen and pale though. So it was hard. It was uh -huh. a tricky case. Like you didn't see a lot of fire in the tongue and the oh, pulse was kind of slow, almost like a cold kidney young feeling pulse. So you got this feeling that whatever this fire was that you could see in the kind of the red joints was coming from some sort of stasis of fluids. I guess that's one like overarching theme in her case. Was her pulse also weak and her pulse was slow and kind of saw like it, it kind of felt slippery. So not super okay. weak, oh, but like young deficient kind of. And how old was she? She was she uh, 48 years old or so late okay. 40s, somewhere in that zone. Okay. So then what did you do? Well, um, so in that case, uh, you know, so often when you have these cases where uh, this is the big idea that that kind of grew out not only of this patient but the research that was in that article was you know like what is the relationship between lung and kidney and a lot of times when you have these kind of lung kidney patterns for, we'll say that for now before we go into any other details you might find changes on the lung channel or you might find changes on the kidney channel or you might find changes on both but it doesn't always have to be both but the treatment we did, I did, was well, lung five, kidney seven on her. Right. And then also gallbladder 30, I believe it was 39. Okay. The sea of marrow point, the kind of yeah. venting point. Like, you know, that point as a sea of marrow point almost reminds you of a kidney, you know, in a way. Right, right. And so, I, and they're right What do the you mean by level. that? Why does well, it remind the, you of a kidney? Well, the sea of marrow associated with bones. Right, right, right. And so when I have like these kidney deficient kind of heat patterns, like almost like bone steaming is what, you know, you'd call mm -hmm. that. That's a point. And it's like at the level of kidney seven, it's a point I often use with kidney seven. You, oh, another whole different way to look at this is the Xiaoyin Xiaoyang pivots, right? The two pivoting yeah. channels and just letting the heat out, like giving the heat a door. So you, you know, are there any specific sim symptoms that you look for when you decide to use those two points together? It would be, that that idea of a kind of a chronic indeficiency heat and then the okay. signs and symptoms associated with that could be insomnia. Um, okay. Could be, um, could of course be night sweats, anxiety, uh, some kind, some types of even dermatology cases maybe where there's like an okay. immune system idea, but the idea mainly, I mean the, really the bigger idea for me is when you have like yin channels with heat, I'm often looking for a yang channel point, at least somewhere in there to give it like a way out. And Nisa and I have talked about this as well regarding the lung. And so gallbladder 39 seems to fit these kind of patterns of, you know, this lung five kidney seven um, pattern often when there's heat. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's that sea of marrow. That's what led me to it. And then the idea of bones and marrow, that kind of, and okay. Dr. Wong would use gallbladder 39 you know, working mm -hmm. with with children with like developmental problems, the same mm -hmm. idea, kind of like stimulating that prenatal chi of the kidney, but using mm -hmm. gallbladder 39 as part of these, you know, working with kids, um, you know, with ADHD or like with like, you know, we had that child that's described in the case studies book. I'm sorry, in the in Dr. Wong's book about um, the kid who had the high fever with brain damage and using gallbladder 39. I think of it as kind of like, you know, giving a vent to the heat a little bit from the marrow. Mm -hmm. anyway we've gotten a little bit off the lung five kidney seven <laughs> subject but that was part of that was the lead point pair for her and then 
after those points were in for a while, then I yeah. went back. I totally remember this because she described it very clearly. Came back in the room and added um, Ren 6 and then okay. kind of warming, you know, put a heat lamp on her belly. And she said yeah. once Ren 6 was added, she could she felt like this interesting like circular movement in her low abdomen. Like she felt okay. like a kind of circle feeling. And, okay. you know, of course, like we tell all these stories, you know, I have plenty of stories where things don't go great, but this is the story where right. then like in the <laughs> days that followed, she's like, wow, the joint pain was way better. The finger redness got mm -hmm. better. And then it got to where she would come see me every once in a while, kind of preemptively when she felt like the lupus was flaring and getting okay. autoimmune symptoms. Okay. And she was able, you know, and she still comes occasionally when things flare and she's okay. kept, you know, the kind of, she's definitely using other type of Western medicine treatments for the lupus, but she hasn't had to change the dosage and she keeps it at a low okay. dose. And she kind of thinks that I help put out the fires when they flare a little oh, that's bit. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that, that was the first point pair that like showed me the miraculous idea. And then you mm -hmm. can see, of course, when we talk about autoimmunity, then you've got to think about an East Asian medicine. What is autoimmunity? Is it, is it the same as defensive chi? I would say no, but mm -hmm. related to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, autoimmune, yeah, autoimmune disorders. Yeah, I would say that there's. I would say there's a relationship. Uh, not as yeah. I guess for, it depends on what case we're kind, what kind of condition we're talking about. So I guess sometimes it could right. be related to like, like we could just say like chi deficiency possibly or like indeficiency. Like there could be like cases due to deficiency, like chi or indeficiency. But I guess it, like some cases could also be due to um, certain cases of stagnation too, right? So depending on which channel is involved, that, that's also a possibility too, right? Yeah, so um, that's exactly it. Like yeah. saying that it's always defensive chi is a mistake. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say mm -hmm. in that article a bit. Like lung five mm -hmm. kidney seven is a point pair that can be useful for certain types of autoimmune patterns, but mm -hmm. it would be a mistake to say, oh, for autoimmune patterns, always use lung five kidney seven. Just like you said, you have to do a differential right. diagnosis, right? Right, right. Yeah, like it's it's hard. So it's hard to make these broad one to one linkages of bio biomedical mm -hmm. terms to classical mm -hmm. Chinese medicine concepts. And right. So and I so, guess what helps us yeah. determine which point pair or which channels regulates one is like uh, by analyzing their symptoms that they're presenting, but also and you know their signs and symptoms, but also like doing channel palpation. Right, that helps to kind of isolate which channels you should focus on. Yeah. So are there like specific symptoms or like? Um, that you look for that kind of point to using this combination, like five kidney seven, as opposed to other channels. Yeah. I mean, for me is palpating kidney seven area actually. Okay. Like I am much more interested in what kidney seven feels like than the way the lung mm -hmm. channel feels in these type of patients. Mm -hmm. Like I almost think sometimes I'm borrowing the lung to help the kidney. Like that doesn't have to even have a tie in palpated change, but if you get mm -hmm. this swelling, like there's a deficiency of the, whether it's the chi or the yang or the of the kidney that's like leading to this swelling at that you know at that river point kidney seven of course mm -hmm. river points are also thought of as being associated with the lung that's another idea mm -hmm. from the nanjing anyway mm -hmm. that swelling in a case uh, and it could even be as as we were saying before we started this recording everyday like chronic allergies patients mm -hmm. some of those patients will have this swelling feeling around kidney seven and another mm -hmm. type of change you feel there instead of swelling it feels like the fascia inside as you're going up the kidney channel above kidney three is all dried out instead of swollen mm -hmm. it feels like micro adhesions or something in there you know how would you describe okay. that feeling 
you know, like that, like a dry kidney channel or something, not the skin really, but like inside. Uh, yeah, I guess that, yeah, in that around the kidney three area you're talking about, like right above it. And as you're going up, right. Yeah. It's like dried out. It kind of goes up towards kidney seven, right. Kidney three and above kind of feels dry and like an ice cream scoop at kidney three kind of looks like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. They have that kind of emptiness there. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I guess you could say they have the dryness or kind of um, sometimes it feels kind of empty, maybe in that area or kind of yeah, empty of fluids, I guess that's what you're saying. Yeah. In the kidney yeah. seven area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the more I, common, I think, yeah, yeah. What do yeah. you think? I think kidney. Yeah, I think usually the yeah, I guess common changes I find in that area are more like um, either there'd be like tension in that area, like tightness, or like those lumps, like bigger, like sometimes really big, big changes. I would say like yeah, sometimes like they're so obvious you can like, almost see huge. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think what you're calling tightness might be what I'm calling dryness. Okay. Like the like the channel is tense. Yeah. But yeah. Yes, so the word yeah, dry yeah. is not right because the skin's not dry. It's like you almost just want to put fluids into the that area in front of the Achilles tendon in this area. Right. right. So that's what you know. People are listening. If you're if you're thinking about the possibility of this lung kidney axis in an autoimmune patient, that is a useful place to start. Of course, tongue and pulse and everything else too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that was the the kind of that was the case that got it started. Um. But the so thing you talk about, yeah, oh, go ahead. can you just go into how through this case, how you started to understand the defensive chi mechanism or how it works in the body or how you understood it through this, these, like using this point pair combination, how that deepened your understanding of like the, the functions of the defensive chi or how it kind of circulates in the body or affects the body. Yeah. And that may be the, the, the that may be exactly it circulates like, so, you know, anyone who's interested can read the kind of relatively dense theoretical stuff I kind of put in that article where we talk about these different sources in the classics that some describe defensive chi coming um, from the lung uh, and then other uh, sources. And they're basically different threads within Neijing history describe it as coming not from the kidney, but from the lower burner, which was really interesting to me. So one says mm -hmm. that, you know, it is coming from the lung and another doesn't say it comes from the kidney. It just specifically or almost vaguely says the Xia Jiao, the lower burner is where defensive chi is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so that brings up another little piece of this whole discussion is the relationship between the kidney and the large intestine as well. So mm -hmm. when the when the when the article or sorry, when the Neijing is saying somehow defensive chi is coming from the lower burner, it could be implying a bit of a relationship, you know, it could be implying a role of other organs in the lower burner, like the intestine to immunity, which of course is linked to the lung. If we think of it that way as mm -hmm. lung, large intestine. So then that comes, what comes up to me, and I can talk about another case I'm seeing recently where there's almost this triangle of lung, large intestine, kidney together. And this is like the case I'm seeing recently is a, uh, this is, I mean, you can think about a lot of patients like this. Imagine this patient, chronic allergies, red eyes, you know, sinus congestion, constipation. And so, but this guy's like super healthy, like has great energy, you know, like lots of vitality. So he doesn't really look like a kidney yang deficient or even kidney indeficient. He sleeps fine. Um, and the, the thing about this patient has been that he has at the same time, this swelling at kidney seven, he has all these changes along his stomach channel. So stomach, especially 37, 8, 9, that is very congested. So 
what I guess I'm saying is you see this like concurrent accumulation in the lower jowl of like mm -hmm. constipation and an apparent like kidney or some kind of defensive chi pattern because he keeps getting these terrible allergies that just drive him nuts. And, mm -hmm. and as we've moved the bowel movements, as you move Yang Ming as part of this, so I'm kind of weaving Yang Ming into different treatments then the kidney kind of springs to life as if it was just kind of oppressed by the constipation, like the, like the inflammation or the, or the, or the accumulations in the intestine can, can cause patterns where the kidneys affected, or at least apparently affected. And so maybe this whole defensive chi is, is lung, kidney, large intestine. And that's the kind of stuff I was talking about in the article too. I think in the article, you also mentioned the relationship with the lung, kidney, and the sanjiao, right? The sanjiao is like the conduit for the source chi, right? Like it. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's this other idea. You, I mean, so when you're having a patient with allergies, um, so I mean, you may know as well that there's, of course, the idea that you can treat allergies with the Xiaoyang channel. And, mm -hmm. you know, some systems might use like sanjiao 3 area to like vent heat from the eyes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's that idea that Dr. Wong certainly discussed quite a bit. And, you know, he gets this from the Nanjing, you know, when it talks about the Sanjiao being the pathway of source chi, mm -hmm. that somehow there's this, you know, there's this intimate relationship between the kidney as the kind of life gate fire, but then it travels in the Sanjiao. And so you can imagine a situation where you have like, we'll call it like an autoimmune pattern, but that's just using a biomedical term. Mm -hmm. You could call it like a defensive chi gone astray kind of pattern somehow where that fire is hanging out in the Xiaoyang, in the Sanjiao, in the pathways of source chi. So that's another organ that come, can come into play in these autoimmune cases is like figuring out, do you need to vent that heat from the Xiaoyang? And, and including that idea of using gallbladder 39 in that first case mm -hmm. is not just Sanjiao channel, but gallbladder channel, both being Xiaoyang being ways to vent this this heat, which is often part of autoimmune uh, cases. Um, yeah. So those, I think, were a lot of the big ideas from the article we just threw out on the table <laughs> at once <laughs> without a lot of the classical quotes that kind of discuss it. But these ideas- Can you really just describe how, like, panic. yeah. Can you just describe how you believe the defensive chi is related to autoimmune disorders and which autoimmune disorders are you referring to in particular, or, or is it just all kinds of autoimmune disorders? Or? Well, I mean, as we were saying, of course, not all, but like, yeah. but, but some types that fall into this pattern. And I mean, I, I, I think of it this way at the moment, and probably my understanding will evolve in the years to come, but I think of it as like, like somehow this, maybe you call it xianghuo, like the ministerial fire, which is sometimes described as like this fire that hangs out in the Xiaoyang channel. Mm -hmm. It's somehow like life gate fire gone astray or it's overheating. So, I mean, what do you think about auto? I mean, as we keep you know, back and forth on this, this autoimmune thing, I mean, of course, knowing that we can't say it's a one-to-one -one thing, Wei Qi is defense, is, is autoimmunity. We know that's probably a mistake. Do you have any ideas or cases where you're thinking of defensive chi at all? Like, how does that come up for you clinically? For clinically, yeah, I would think of more of cases with symptoms more related to the exterior of the body. So it could be due to like, you know, allergies we're talking about. Like it could be like just commonly like, you know, rhinitis, asthma, you know, things like that related to like. People uh, who get sick lung. all the time, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, like chronic allergies, you know, like might have like 
uh, I remember in Dr. Wan's clinic, there was this, this case of a patient who had uh, allergies to different, uh, to food, but also to different, like, to like smoke, like cigarette smoke, or to even like um, moxa smoke. Yeah. So like before she would go to the clinic, we'd have to make sure that, you know, there's no one was burning moxa or anything. So she like for her doctor, I think used like five kidney seven because it was like there was like a deficiency, right? She deficiency, like you, you could say is like a deficiency to her immune system, right? That was making her more sensitive to all these kind of external kind of allergens. Yeah. Um, and so then, in that know, case, like, it's almost like the lung yeah. needs the water of the kidney and the yin of the kidney comes up and kind of hoses the lung down. So it kind of moistens mm -hmm. and is less sensitive. Is that that's a, a maybe yeah. even a simpler way to say it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then also like, you know, treating, like I think in your, your, your article, you mentioned too, like treating like kind of with uh, like patients with like kind of sweating kind of issues. Right. So like if it's related to like the nutritive and protective chi, not in harmony leading to sweating, it could be like, um, you know, from like night sweats, you know, things like that. Or, um, I guess some cases of like a sp spontaneous sweating too, maybe considering that for, um, this like, pair, uh, this kind of pair or something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I generally speaking for me, like yeah. night sweats, I would use more like, you know, like heart, heart six, kidney seven or something like that. But when I think about defensive chi, it's usually more related to the ex exterior of the body and, um, you know, just some kind of disharmony with the enum way possibly, but like the root is though, is in like probably kidney deficiency. Um, but it's being, the symptoms are presented also in the lung, you know, the lung channel system, I think, and kidney channel, but like lung is also involved. And I think in your article, you talked about, you know, one reason would be yeah. like in terms of song food diagnosis, like the, for example, like the kidney is like not holding in the lung chi. So it's so patients with like, you know, wheezing or asthma and things like, things like that. That would be an exact type of situation where this pair would be. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the pretty familiar, you know, diagnosis of the kidney, you know, buna chi, not grasping chi or however we translate. Right. That. Right. But that, I had seen, you know, pair, like, yeah. yeah. I've had seen a couple lupus patients and I remember that they also had that kind of like you're matching that kind of um, like one was kind of like a Shaoyang, like the ministerial fire presentation, like Shaoyang fire, but also with an underlying kidney deficiency. So I yeah. think kind of like I was using Shaoyang and like kidney shampoo, it's like kidney seven or kidney three, I forget. And then I had another lupus patient, I think it was last year or two years ago. And she had more kind of like what you're saying, like the tying, like lung spleen kind of pathologically a lot of dampness but also like with the kidney deficiency yeah to it so i think i was using for her like lung five kidney seven but i was probably using spleen nine too i don't recall exactly so yeah i think what you're we're all circling around is <clears throat> um is you know the kidneys interaction with all these different systems and and i think sometimes we underappreciate the special relationship that lung and kidney have and in a way, I think of it as like, you know, remember we talk about the lung, like setting rhythms and like setting the rhythms of the other organs. And in the case of the kidney, there's situations maybe where the kidney is like, can be so, it, it, it has either, it could even be a deficiency or excess kind of pattern in the lower burner where it needs the lung to descend to like jumpstart the system. So there might be situations where you don't necessarily have lung symptoms or you don't have changes on the lung channel, but you kind of borrow the lung, that lung five kidney seven pair. Maybe it could be a heart six kidney seven night sweat kind of patient. And then 
somewhere along the way you borrow the lung for like one or two treatments to get the kidney going so it's like we're we're talking even in multiple treatments over a certain right, patient right. where they have a a shao yin pattern they have clearly like a heart kidney yin deficiency anxiety mm -hmm. night sweat but there's times where in the course of treatment maybe at the beginning early or maybe later because you kind of hit a wall you bring the lung five kidney seven pair in just to kind of borrow that rhythm of the lung so it may not always even involve a lung pathology or tie-in pathology even. Right. Cause I think sometimes like that kidney, uh, functions of like, whether it's like moving that, that source G throughout the body to warm the body or like the kidney in, it's not probably circulating. Like if there is like, for example, in the tie-in, there could be like, uh, increased dampness, right? Like the functions of the tie-in, like to transform dampness or move fluids is impaired. So that will right. also affect like the functions of the kidney to properly circulate whether like it's like the kidney in or um even the kidney yang might not move as well if there's too much dampness right yeah it kind of gets then, overwhelmed um, right or even kidney yang could be contributing to that dampness too right like because it's yeah um but then there you know and when, with like the shaoyang system like there could be like shaoyang qi stagnation which is also affecting the kidney's ability to circulate source qi so sometimes it could be so many different organs or different levels or systems being uh impacting like the kidney's functions too. Yeah. I mean, what you just said is kind of similar in a way. It's a different way of, it's a different example of what I was saying earlier about mm -hmm. the large intestine and kidney, mm -hmm. that there's these situations where it clearly looks like in a textbook TCM sense, kidney deficiency, but mm -hmm. yet the deficiency is exacerbated, caused, or at least part of, there's some sort of excess you have to get moving. And in some mm -hmm. cases, it's the Yang Ming, like lower burner, like is full of jaw turbidity or something. Mm -hmm. Or as you said, there's like this systemic qi stagnation in the Xiaoyang and the Sanjiao itself, where the, the kidney can't like reach up or like can't spread or something, or it can't move the source qi and it kind of backs up into the kidney. So mm -hmm. exactly. It's like peeling layers in a kidney deficient patient and being willing sometimes to treat Yang channels to get the excess out of the way. I remember a long time ago, we were, uh, this is like probably a few years ago, but you're mentioning how, remember there's that doctor, the Sean Lin expert who used to study with Dr. Moore, a lecture to you guys. And she it, talked about the, the Yaming Shaoying relationship. Yes. And I mean, I have to, it's Dr. Fung yeah. and I can't remember Dr. Fung's full name, but yes, it was Dr. Fung, of course, who mm -hmm. she is a great contributor to a lot of the ideas that we're talking about and that were in that article. And it was a very simple statement she made. You know, she was a, a she had studied uh, Sean Hanlun with i'm not sure liu was, i think it was liu Duzhou, right okay yeah and but the one and she but clinically she focused on treating chronic renal failure so she was dealing with mm -hmm. like seriously biomedically compromised kidney patients and one day in class and the, as we were observing her in the clinic she turned to us and she's like look at this guy he's like like it's this chronic you know he's on dialysis and his bowels aren't moving as this terrible constipation his bowels like move every five days she's got we got to use da wang in the formula yeah. And so she was like, when the kidney is overwhelmed, when there's this toxic and a chronic kidney condition, you've got to make sure the large intestine is moving because she said, that's like how we think of the kidney as detoxifying itself is through the large intestine. And uh -huh. so absolutely it was her who like planted that seed in my mind. And that, and that can be true in acupuncture as well. You can palpate, especially the lower Yangming channel, the stomach channel can have this excess in certain kidney patients and then, and you know, palpate the abdomen too. You might feel stomach 25 is very tight. And so be willing to move Yang Ming to help like unlock Xiaoyin or something might be a way mm -hmm. to say it. 
and yes, thank you for bringing Dr. Fung up. She should get full credit for that. And that's from her own clinical experience using herbal medicine in particular too. And so many cases, like and now that, I mean, she put that in my head 20 years ago and it's like so much of a part of how I see lots of like, basically we can talk about it as the physiology of the lower burner kind of, of which you can't separate the liver totally, but that's maybe another subject. Yeah. So, so many different ways to come at this autoimmune thing. So what, I mean, at least we've spiraled around the complexity of the, of the, of the condition and, and coming back to that same thing we always end up coming back to in our discussions here, these dialogues. In the end, there are no magic tricks. There are no protocols. You've got to do a differential diagnosis and then think about it as a living, moving system like we're talking about. Any other ideas that uh, regarding autoimmunity, though, that the other channel systems then that pop in your head that I'm not talking about? One case recently, a patient was just like stiff, um, just, you know, like that kind of arthritis, I would say, you know, like tightness in the, the, the joints and things like that in the mornings. And um, I've been treating her with like actually opening the four gates with her. So using like a yaming drain kind of thing, but also nourishing blood, right? By using, adding spleen six to it too. Yeah. So that for that patient, I've been, and, you know, Renfor Spleen 6 with uh, the four gates, because um, her, hers is more kind of like... Kind of uh, so fung tracking wind and then the yeah, yeah, joints yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of idea. Yeah. 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 So by nourishing blood, like liver blood, you can say, and then moving that, the blood uh, just by adding in, you know, large intestine four can help circulate that chin blood together. So like what Dr. One says, the four gates kind of sparks or initiates or stimulates or jump starts some circulation of chin blood throughout the body. So yeah. that, yeah, that kind of like moving wind kind of, kind of um, uh, pathology, you can use that. And then adding spleen to kind of further cultivate blood, nourish blood. So then that um, brings up the relationship between the concept of wind and the concept of Wei Qi. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like how... <laughs> one I is mean, more, more like internal wind though, right? Like one is like, because blood deficiency leads to the formation of that internal wind that, that is moving. Um, and Wei Qi, I think is more like, ex, like if there's weak... Way to right, Ex yeah, like protective chi, then that will lead the body to more, to more susceptible to the external to wind. The invasion. external winds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then is autoimmunity is, I guess the way it presents is, can be wind like, mm -hmm. but it like well now let's talk about like biomedically defined chronic autoimmune conditions, but mm -hmm. it seems like they often end up turning into some sort of heat and fire. It's right, somewhere right. in there. Like even if the dampness is there, it turns into damp heat. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe internal wind is slightly less a pattern within what we call autoimmunity, but I mm -hmm. maybe just need to think about that more. And then external wind, right? This like sensitivity to the external environment, which is everyday, I guess we'll call it everyday defensive chi concepts, like mm -hmm. yuping function ideas. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's usual. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, there's a lot to discuss. I think we were just scraping the surface of this topic. Maybe in the future we could continue it. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, the cool thing is just getting a chance to throw ideas back and forth at each other here. Right, right, right. And then go back to the clinic, think about it, throw ideas back and forth. And for, mm -hmm. for people listening, maybe take a look at that article. And I, and hopefully also you will then, you know, post some ideas for us to like to think about in the clinic too, based on what we're saying mm -hmm. and, and based on, based on your reading of that article and more importantly for all of us, the patients you're seeing and mm -hmm. any insights you can give us to think about this really intense and, you know, major, you know, suffering for so many people of autoimmune diseases mm -hmm. and, 
and then be willing within Chinese medicine to like to think about it in the complexity that is implied in the physiological system of Chinese medicine, which yeah. is, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, you're right. We're struggling with it. And, and, you know, so many things, it's hard to make theoretical generalizations without a case study. So case studies, thank goodness, Jonathan, you always push me on those. So thanks. So again, our website is channelpalpation.org. And we have uh, Jason's articles on it. Uh, it's in the media section, I think, media. And yeah, then you got to look on articles. Media. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so, uh, have a good day there in Beijing, Jonathan. Yeah, thanks. You too. Have a good night. All right. Until next time, yes. everyone. All right. Adios. Okay, bye. Bye.